Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello, and welcome to So I Got to Thinking, the weekly Sex in the City podcast, where we discuss the timeless questions of Carrie Bradshaw and answer them for the modern day of course at the moment normal service is suspended as we enjoy and just like that (laughs) episode eight bewitched bothered and bewildered that's right um you are listening to harry's dick juno dawson and the other guy's dick (laughs) dylan b jones (laughs) i wondered what you were gonna say i was gonna suggest fat witch and colin 55 (laughs) is it colin (laughs) <laughs> it was is Colin, it Colin 55. Um, Fat Witch, this podcast is now sponsored Fat by Fat Witch. Fat Witch Brownies, which I'm guessing is like um, a thing. I'm guessing that like Fat Witch Brownies is like a New York institution that we're not familiar with. It must be. If not, that is extremely random. Wait, I'm going to have to look it up because I was going to... Yeah, it is Fat Witch Bakery. Oh. Yeah. It's like it's like the new um, the new Hummingbird Bakery or something. I don't yeah. Know. What was the famous... There was a famous one that they used to go to. Oh yeah, with the cupcakes, where they get the cupcakes. With the cupcakes and stuff, yeah. And a friend of mine in New York did once take me and I've completely mm. forgotten. Um, sorry, kids. Um, what was I going to say? Yes, Bewitched, Bothered and Bewildered. Um, and just like that, Dylan, do you have a potted synopsis? I do. So, um, Che is doing a Pride rally and... Che, well, I think that's what it... We'll get into that, because uh, I'm not yeah. sure. Um, <laughs> and Che clocks Miranda hiding, and it leads to a conversation about um, open relationships and marriage and um, lying and all of that stuff. So that's the main thing for Che and Miranda this week. Um, Carrie is getting a taste of her own medicine, and Tommy Doe must have been very happy about this, <laughs> because Carrie's got noisy neighbours. Um Mm-hmm. And um, oh, I was about to say Samantha then, and Samantha. No, we haven't got Samantha. Um, no, she's not in this series. Notably, Samantha is not notably. in this series. I, is she? I mean, I didn't notice. Um, Charlotte. Charlotte <laughs> is having communication um, issues with Lily uh, about various things. And who else? Nobody else is in it yeah, this week. Yeah, three of them. Seema's in it a bit. Seema, Seema's in it for like three minutes. Yeah. But then we have no Nia and we've got no LTW and no Anthony Marantino. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's it's a... But I'm going to get on to that, actually, mm. because I think in interesting mm. this episode presents the most like Sex in the City episode of and just like absolutely, that. I agree. Does that make sense? Yeah, I agree. I mean, possibly like the one with um the 
infamous Schnapple Hey It's Che Diaz in- incident was is a close second, mm-hmm. I think. But this one, yeah, is the most SATC. And I think it's because we most we're mostly focusing on the original characters partly for that reason exactly that yeah, yeah. and notably harry and steve yeah actually. i mean we, we'll get to we'll get to steve after the break because the internet is ablaze with conversations about steve Brady. do you know what chris um, um chris was very uh for listeners who don't know my boyfriend chris uh is a football fan and he was very impressed today that and just like that is trending above Arsenal <laughs> on Twitter. Um, well, I should think, yeah, I so. think so. That, that, that is only right. <laughs> um, sorry, carry on. <laughs> so yeah, let's, I guess, start with Carrie. Lots of lovely Easter eggs for long-term listeners this week, which is we saw lots of Carrie's costumes. And we saw her picnic Heidi costume with the little corset where she drew the freckles on her face. We saw the drunken, fab- no, sorry, the single and fabulous poncho, poncho yeah. that she grabs when she shoots up at the photo shoot. <laughs> Lily, Lily models the single and fabulous poncho. And of course, the Mifoy gown yes. from, from Paris, an American in Paris part un, um, which is, of course, is one of the most notable gowns yeah. that ever really featured I in mean, the series. So they picked... Um, Lily continuing in her mission to ruin Carrie's life by wearing that poncho and just really reminding Carrie of that awful day when she turned up to the photo shoot. <laughs> oh my god. What if that's like the M. Night Shyamalan twist at the end of this series that Lily Goldenblatt doesn't exist. Oh my god. She is just a demon being who exists to ruin Carrie Bradshaw's <laughs> life. Um, so yeah, Carrie... I mean... Do you know, and maybe this is why I, I did, I kind, I kind of enjoyed this episode and I did, I did laugh aloud many times. Um, I, I feel, I felt Carrie's plight. Right. So Carrie now has a downstairs neighbour. Uh-huh. She is an infuriatingly tall and beautiful sort of 20 something who wears incredible boots. She's a jewellery designer um, from LA. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She has very cool hair that I could not pull off. I cannot pull off the 80s mm. shag. Um, that, that hair is called the shag. Um, and you, you can see like models like Misha Aganaras and like various influences. Like, you know, Joel, who was on the podcast. Yes, his, Hannah. His girlfriend, Hannah, has the most amazing yeah, shag. Yeah. I cannot pull off that hair. Sean Faye has a bit That's of a shag. True. She's a lot cooler than me as well. Yeah. I just can't. I tried earlier this year. I had my heavy fringe cut and it just gave me a Jimmy Hill chin <laughs> and it was not cute. It just didn't work. And also my hair is neither curly nor straight. So it's never going to look <laughs> like, what was her name? I want to say her name was Lisette. Lisette. I think it was Lisette. 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 Yeah. Very, very beautiful. And she's kind of just living her best 20 something life. Yeah. But... Like Carrie Bradshaw, I too have suffered noisy neighbours. Okay. And you're going to make fun of me for this <laughs> because you are you are a young, fun person who enjoys yeah. fun. Listeners will know I don't really enjoy fun. I've kind of, <laughs> I feel it's something I did in my twenties and I, I had enough of it. I, I had enough fun. I actually, I want misery now. And then. Um, well, there's plenty and, um, of, there's plenty of it to choose from. Pl- I've had a great two years. Um, I've really reveled in it. Um, but I think some of our podcast listeners will appreciate the, how debilitating noisy neighbors can be. 
And what's interesting is I've just been through this with one of my best, best friends. Shout out to my friend. She knows who she is. <laughs> um, but I, I, won't, I won't say her name because although the situation is now resolved in that she literally had to sell her house. Whoa. But, you know, yeah, because she had a neighbor who had lots going on. Yeah. I think there were some mental health issues right. and lots of life right. issues, but this neighbor was phenomenally noisy and compounded by the fact they were a DJ okay. <laughs> who, who during lockdown felt it was important to practice their set uh-huh. from their basement uh-huh. flat. And my friend owned the flat above their basement flat. And so for the last, so I, I left my last nightmare flat in 2016 where I, I had, again, I had, it was a rental, thank God, but I had to leave. I, I left six months into a year long contract because I couldn't deal with the crazy mole people neighbors. Um, and through, through seeing it through my friend, it kind of triggered me as well. Like I, I remembered what it's like to not really sleep for uh-huh. six months and, and it made me very ill. So I started to have kind of like psychosomatic illness. Oh, right. Um, wow. I would, I would sometimes, because I wasn't getting to sleep until three or four in the morning, I would I started and I've never done this in my whole life, start sleeping through my alarm. Mm. So like I remember once my friend was due I had a big meeting in London and my friend was due to be looking after my dog and I was due to hand over the dog at Brighton Station. And when I failed to appear at Brighton Station, my my one of my great friends, Stuart, he came to my flat because he thought I died. He thought I'd and been also you're very you're very punctual and organised as well. Right. So if you didn't, yeah. So when I don't yeah. show up for something, I'd be like, where the fuck is mm, she? Yeah, so she's been murdered. <laughs> yeah. Um. So Stu came to my flat thinking I'd been murdered, but no, I, I just slipped through my alarm because I hadn't. I I was so sleep deprived, wow. and. Yeah, they, so basically my, my issues were I had a drug dealer downstairs and people would come round to buy their drugs at all hours. Oh yeah, Mass- is this Massimo? Massimo! <laughs> yes, well well remembered, yeah, Massimo. And then um, on the other side I had an alcoholic, uh-huh. so sometimes they had crazy big rows. And then upstairs I had the mole people <laughs> who just who were nocturnal. And they, they pulled up all the carpets. I feel like the mole people should have lived in the basement. Rather than upstairs, that oh. makes more sense for them. Now they they were upstairs and they pulled a pole, and what they I think they were like kind of hoarders. So what they would do <laughs> is they would go out by night like creepy vampires, and they would roam the streets of the Hanover area of Brighton, looking for like you know how people just give give things away and leave them on oh, the street. Particularly in Brighton, yeah. Like small table free to a good home and they would kind of wander the streets looking for the shit people had left on the street and then they would like hoard it and so you know you'd go to bed and then at like half one two in the morning you'd hear somebody dragging (laughs) like a rocking chair up three flights of stairs because we didn't have a lift in the building and so you just hear this (laughs) and yeah i mean it was a nightmare and I would go upstairs and I would say, please stop. And they were like, no, we're not doing anything. <laughs> and so there was the gaslighting as well. So it was just, it really was. And so watching Carrie deal with, what was her name again? Lisette. 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 Watching her deal with that was, I very nearly had to speed dial my therapist. <laughs> Because it brought it all flooding back. Um, it'll come as no surprise that I have a slightly different view on this. <laughs> but to be fair, to be fair, I only my views only apply to London. So I can completely understand why 
you would move to somewhere like Brighton to be a bit more chill and then noisy neighbours are a lot more antisocial. But I really think that if you live in zone one or two in London and you complain about noise, on your head be it. Like you've moved to one of the biggest, busiest cities in the world. If you don't want noise, like move to Norfolk. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> oh my God. And also... Is that where you find sympathy, Dylan? In Norfolk, yeah. And I'm, I'm also going yeah. to follow this by saying... I myself am very, I like to think I'm very considerate. Like I would never blast out music past like 10 p.m. Um, yeah. But also I think I, we had a bit of an issue with our neighbours during lockdown because we, it was the stage, so it wasn't total lockdown. It was the stage where you could have people in the garden, um, like six people, okay. I think it was in the garden. Um, and after like months of like just waiting, waiting to do a nice gathering in the garden, we finally did it when we were allowed to. And our neighbor's window looks over onto our garden. And at, sure. at like at 9.30, this was 9.30 on a Friday. We were just, we were chatting, loudly chatting, but chatting. Um, Did one of your friends have a shrill and annoying laugh like Lizette's friend? I think they probably all do. <laughs> they probably all did. <laughs> uh, to be, it's probably me. <laughs> to, be, to be fair, to be fair. Um, but our neighbors um, at like 9.30 came around and... Impolitely asked us to be quiet, and I think fuck off. To be honest, like it's nine thirty p.m. on a Friday, we're not playing any music. Yeah, this is the first time we've been allowed to like express our lifestyles for months. Like, just you know, maybe maybe deal with it for a few hours. Do you know what I think? I think it's eleven. Yes, eleven. Do they they have small children? Do Do they have small children? Well, I mean, I don't know, but as as Samantha would say, that's their choice. <laughs> but I just what really gosh well this is the birth side I know debate, this right? doesn't, we've become one of those podcasts this doesn't happen very often but next week Brexit but the thing that the thing that gets me the most is kind of, that annoys me the most about this is kind of people's and I understand the world isn't like this but people's kind of unwillingness to realize that everyone has different lifestyles and different rhythms um that makes me sound mm-hmm. so like I don't know but like I don't know some people their normal is staying up and making lots of noise and other people's normal is sleeping. And <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with this. <laughs> I, know, I think, I think, do you know what? Again, Juno Dawson for Supreme Leader. <laughs> 11 o'clock cough. Mm. It's, it's, That's fair. I think That's fair. as a society, we can agree that anything past 11 is night. Yes. We have gone from evening to night. Yes. I think there's there's things you can do to mitigate parties. So if you're going to have a party, always warn your neighbours, always just give them the nod Mm. and let them, and sort of let them know, we're having some friends on on Saturday night. We'll, after 11, we'll turn the music off. So, because do you know what I think really did me in? And I wonder if this is true of Carrie as well, which is, it's that horrible treading on eggshells. Right, yeah. Like of of not knowing, is, is this forever? Yeah. You know, and that, that was why I left my flat in Hanover, because I realised the mole people were not changing. You know, this, this was my life now. Dealing with the mole people was was how I had to live. So, you know, I had to get out. And I, I made the most fantastic excuse to get out of that tenancy agreement as well. <sighs> I told them I was being transphobically abused. Oh, wow. Well, there you go. Well, some good should come out of being trans. Do you know what? <laughs> Do you know what? There has to be some benefit. So, um, yeah, I did, I, did, I did play the trans card. The only time, the only time I've played the trans card. Um, but um, 
So I did sympathise with Carrie. If it were me, would I have thrown a recently boiled kettle out of that window? Maybe. <laughs> or or a pail of rocks, it did, possibly. Just tipped. It did make me think this is a very updated version and much better version of Samantha's issues with the sex workers in Cockadoodle. Oh, right? yes, the up my ass players. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, very similar vibes, but much less offensive vibes. Um, and do you know what, Carrie, you know, I mean, yeah, oh, Carrie has swamp. She had the chickens murdered as well. You know, the roof chickens. Yes. The roof roosters. Oh my God, yeah, she's just a very light sleeper. My heart goes out to Carrie Bradshaw. But I am, um, I really like Carrie, what seems to be, to be, to be developing, although it can't develop that much because there's only two episodes left, is I like, I enjoyed oh. seeing Carrie as like towards the end because her ne- the relationship with her neighbour gets, improves, doesn't it? And I uh-huh. liked seeing her as like a little bit of a role model for like, Someone who I think is kind of supposed to be a lot like Carrie when like she's wearing the Lisette's wearing like the midriff tops and like the the uh-huh. kind of the hipstery jewelry, um yeah. So I think we're supposed to think that Carrie's kind of sees a bit of herself in Lisette and is kind of looking out for her, which is really nice. I liked that. And that's so. Can you remember when my friend Carrie and I came up with our alternate Sex and the City two plot, which would have which would have seen Carrie mentor the young millennial version of Carrie Bradshaw who would have been like a sex blogger mm. and ha- Carrie question her placing things. And that, that's the plot I would have, uh, that I've wanted to see for a long mm. time. It was hinted at in that season two episode, you know, when she takes on the young acolyte who, when, when they're at the beach house. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And the young virgin is obsessed with Carrie Bradshaw. Um, um so yeah, I, I like the idea of Carrie as a mentor, as Carrie, in a slightly maternal way, and we saw a little bit of that with her relationship with Lily as well. Yeah, that was sweet. In that I thought actually it was it was really lovely to see Carrie and Lily spending some time together. And I love that Carrie is kind of like that cool aunt. Yeah. Because she would be. Like, can you imagine playing dress up in Carrie Bradshaw's uh, closet? The dream. God. Well, we, we literally did. did. We literally <laughs> did play in Carrie Bradshaw's um, closet. Yeah, that was really nice. The sleepover was really cute as well. And mm-hmm. I liked it when um Miranda said I think Miranda said I think no sorry I think Charlotte said if she stayed over that might help the both of us and then Carrie said I think it would help the three of us which was really sweet because like Carrie's getting something out of looking after Lily um yeah cute yeah I'm I'm very here for that um again I do think and I'm keep wanging on about this but this again I just think having a voice server would have helped Mm. I think because there is, dare I say it, a bit of an edge to 50-something Carrie Bradshaw. Yeah. Um, that she she's definitely edgier. And I think that's because I think her voiceover softened her because we saw inside that very, the poetic side of Carrie Bradshaw, the wistful side, kind of the, the longing that Carrie always had to find someone and to find true love. And, and it's very hard to do that. And this is something in the adaptation I'm working on right now, we we haven't given the character a voiceover. Mm. And sometimes you find yourself writing these speeches which don't feel very natural because you can't have a character speak the way you would do in voiceover. And the, the, I suppose the key example is for any listeners who were also watching Euphoria and the difference between Zendaya when she speaks, she's basically monosyllabic, but her voiceovers can last for a 10 minutes at a time as she kind of elucidates on her state. And I think, so it's, that's a good word for it. We're missing some of Carrie elucidating on her inner world. 
So she can come across as a little bit prickly. Um, can can Caroline at the moment? Caroline, yeah, and also you're so right, actually, because I've been feeling a bit like she's been a bit um, not just she's definitely been prickly, but she's also been a bit kind of unpredictable as well. Like she'll do something, and you'll be a mm. bit like, oh, like what? Where? Why are you? Why are you doing that? And I think it is because the voiceover gave context to her eccentric behaviors um so now it's just like like <laughs> the 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 now iconic headscarf and rubber gloves which <laughs> we did we questioned back back in the day we questioned whether that was like some sort of fantasy sequence yeah and it's now dylan it turns out that's her smirking outfit i mean shout out to juno birch um if she right? very juno if li- any listeners are familiar with juno birch You'll know who I mean. And if not, look her up on Instagram immediately. She's incredible. Immediately. Um, yeah, the smoking with the gloves. That was funny. But I, I also liked how... Um, I think they captured getting a bit older very well in this one. Because I loved how Carrie is a bit self-conscious about... Lisette and how she looks in front of Lisette and wants to be cool but also she's just a bit like oh like I don't really she doesn't really care that much like when they call her ma'am she's like oh ma'am <laughs> um which I thought was that, that that's where I'm getting to I realized I realized somewhere between 35 and 40 you might as well be dead <laughs> to, <laughs> right. to Gen Z in that I think there was a moment as well because I think bizarrely I kind of passed as younger Mm. So I think there was a real stretch where a lot of my readers thought I was like in my late 20s, early 30s. Mm. And then when I kind of outed myself as being 37 or 38, I think there was <gasps> kind of like, oh, it's something from the crypt kind of. <laughs> and you, but in the end, you just sort of, I look at where my life is now and, you know, the understanding I have of myself and my needs. Yeah. And I wouldn't go back. Mm. I, you know, genuinely... There is a real difference between I wish I had been messier in my 20s, but nor would I go back. Mm, Interesting. And that's fine. I think that they are almost mutually exclusive. I, you know, I do, I particularly look back on sort of my early 20s and wish, you know, that I had exploited my youth more. And I exploited it quite a lot. (laughs) But, you know, I really wish I'd, I really wish I'd gone for it. But at the same time, oh no. Yeah. No. I'm, I'm quite happy putting on my headscarf and my rubber gloves <laughs> and smoking my one cigarette a day. Mm. Do you think Carrie is going to become, you know, like where we got to in season four, you know, like a lightning rod who lived upstairs and wouldn't get out of the next door apartment. Oh yeah. Is that Carrie's destiny? What was her name? I can't remember. It's on the tip of my tongue, but oh, Carrie's God. like helping her down the stairs, isn't she? Yeah. And she's like, that's a crazy. Hi, Mrs. Something. Well, that's a crazy <laughs> That's a crazy outfit. <laughs> that is going to be Carrie. Um, yeah, I know what... we all turn into the crazy lady upstairs. I kind of know what you mean. A li- I am just now getting to the age where there are adults. I have adult friends who are considerably younger than me. Um, I've got a lovely group of friends who are like sort of 20, 23, 24. And I've just hit 30. And I went to their one of their house parties in the summer um, after Trans Pride. And they were all like dancing around Doja Cat, like waving like the Trans Pride flag around. And when it got to like the fifth song, I was like, I've got to sit down. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm, not, I'm too old for this. Um, so yeah. I'm, That's where it begins. I'm starting, to, I'm starting to notice it. Yeah. But I don't mind it. It's funny. I like it. Do you know, the, um, the threshold is when you're buying concert tickets. 
and you actively go for a seated <laughs> ticket. <laughs> right. Because you know you're not going to be able to stand up for two hours without getting a slightly sore back. <laughs> I was like, so you just the option to sit down during the ballads becomes really appreciated <laughs> in your late thirties. Like, oh, it's two become one. I'll have a sit have a nice down. Nice sit down, yeah. <laughs> Mm. I think that's a good time to take a little yep. break because we really do need to get into all these dicks yes. and also Stephen Miranda, which is kind of the headline this week. Yeah. So we will stay right there and we will talk about Harry's penis. Right, Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hello. And welcome back to So I Got to Thinking. This week we are talking about, and just like that, episode eight, Bewitched, Bothered, Bewitched, Bothered, Bewildered, and Bewildered, yeah. which is also the title of an episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer as well. Oh, um, I read the really good one where Xander cast the love spell. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, fact fans. Um, join me in my other podcast. Um, oh my God, should we start a Buffy one next? No, no more podcast. <laughs> um <laughs> We're going to talk about Joss Whedon. Um, <laughs> there isn't enough time in the day to talk about Joss Whedon. But um, let's talk instead. Um, should we do Should we do Stephen Miranda or Harry and the Dick? Let's do Stephen Miranda. Okay, because this is the big yeah. one. So the, the, jo- the joy of our And Just Like That episodes is we are recording them and editing them really fucking fast. Yeah. Um, shout out to our wonderful editor, Martin, who is editing them over a weekend so that they're ready for you on a Tuesday. Um, which is quite good because it means we can not only react to the episodes, but we can react to the reaction mm, to the episodes. Yes. And all I'm really seeing on my social <laughs> medias is conversation about Steve mm, yeah. and the treatment of Steve. And there are lots and lots of questions about Miranda and Steve. As mentioned last week, I am actively avoiding the Writer's Room podcast mm-hmm. because I don't want to be debriefed on what the writers meant. <laughs> I want to be able to make my own mind up. Yeah. And um, I've got questions. And my this is my question to you, yeah. Dylan. Are we meant to think Miranda's being a bit of a dick? Um, 
I, well, either way, I didn't think that. Um, I'm not sure if we are. I don't, I personally don't think we are. Um, I think we're meant to think she's being hasty. Certainly, certainly I think things aren't going to go as well as she thinks in the next episode. Um, mm, I have huge concerns about her dashing off to Cleveland, I think was it? was Cleveland, to, yeah. To intercept Che. Thinking she's in a rom-com. <laughs> Um, mm. yeah, I, this, this storyline's really interesting. Um, it is. I don't, in answer to your question, I don't think we're meant to think she's a dick. I do think we're... Because I think she's being a bit of a dick. You're right. Mm. Um, again, we, we both sides. Yeah. I, I will now argue my thing. <laughs> I think, so here's what I think. I think we're not meant to think she's a dick. Yeah. But actually, I think she's being a dick. Okay. Because I think so little consideration has been given to Steve. I thought the scene, their surfer-based conversation was the best we've seen of Steve mm. since the show came back. That was like devastating. And that's the first time it feels like we're with the old Steve yeah. and not this strange new version of Steve that we've had. Um, and I felt we were seeing something real. Yeah. And the scene where he basically says you know that he's been fighting for miranda since 2001 mm. or something 99 i think was when we first met steve you know and he's always had to fight for her and that he doesn't really have any fight left in any money more and he's actually finally happy because in the last two or three years since presumably since they got over his affair and got back together that it hasn't felt like a fight and he wanted to enjoy that it didn't feel like a fight anymore I appreciate that we are meant to be euphoric about the fact that Miranda has learned something about herself mm. and that Miranda is experiencing lust and that some... Did I just say Samantha? If you, I think maybe if I you did. you did, I didn't even notice. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners. Martin, can... if I did, leave it in. <laughs> yeah. Martin, don't edit that out. Um, we, I think we're meant to be excited because Miranda is experiencing a renewal, a rebirth. She's experiencing libido for the first time yeah. in a really long time. And she, later in life, has discovered something about herself. She's made this connection at a time she wasn't expecting it. And I love nothing more than a late bloomer when it comes to gender and sexuality. I think it's wonderful because I get, you know, it's really depressing when I'm on telly in particular. I don't know what it is about being on TV, but I always, always get emails or Facebook messages from people in their 50s or 60s who say they feel too old to transition. And I'm like, Fuck that. You are never too old yeah. to be your most authentic self ever. You know, when Mary Portis came out in her 50s, I was oh, bejoyed for yeah. Fucking love a later in life lesbian in particular. And Cynthia Nixon, but, kind of. And Cynthia Nixon, of course. And I do think we're seeing that plot play out. But for me, so little consideration has been given to Steve. Yeah. Her husband of nearly 20 years... And the general vibe from the writing of this series seems to be, fuck Steve, she's found Che Diaz. And I'm... Mm. Do you know what pissed me off, actually? It was less Miranda's behaviour and more the reactions 
or or lack of really from Carrie and Charlotte. Like they didn't give a fucking shit. And they were they, they were like didn't give a didn't fuck. Didn't Charlotte just like change the subject quite quickly? Like what? Like they've known these people have been friends for like coming up on like three decades. Like what? Why don't you care more? Um, yeah, that was what jarred me the most. For sure. And also within that, with, within Carrie and Charlotte's disregard for Steve, there is a secondary, there is, a, a, you know, a similar disregard for, you know, is Miranda okay? Mm. Like when, when your friends start making really bold life choices. Yeah. I've come to learn that sometimes you should be a little bit worried. Yeah, that's because true. Because sometimes making very sort of impulsive Big life choices. We're not talking about getting a fringe. You know, big life, like leaving a job. Yeah. you like, sometimes it's, I understand you are really feeling a lot of feelings. But what about the ramifications of this? You know, once you leave that career, you might not be able to go back. Yeah. Once you sell your flat, you might not be able to get back on the property ladder. You know, kind of, if you move to Australia, what about your mum? You know, kind of mm. all those big things. And so sometimes there's always... Don't be a dick, but sometimes there is a role for being a bit of a devil's advocate and just sort of saying, have you considered every angle? Not even not even have you thought this through, but have you considered every angle? And I think I too was surprised that Charlotte and Carrie were so great. <laughs> yeah, blasé. Yeah, Carrie was just mm. very like, not uh, like... And what was even worse is you could tell she kind of thought it was a good idea, but she just couldn't be asked to say anything. She was a bit like, oh, well, okay, you go on and do that. then." And it's like, this is your best friend. Like, give her some advice. Again, Samantha, we need Samantha desperately. Mm-hmm. Um, although actually Samantha yeah. probably would have said, oh, honey, go ahead, live your life. Like, which I'm not sure is the most, in this aspect, in this situation, I'm not sure it's the most constructive advice. But then you would have had the other side from Charlotte with her saying, but you've been with Steve for 25 years. And, but, you know, won't he be really sad? Do you think he will see this coming? Mm. Or, you know, whereas a lot of those questions about Steve just remain unanswered. And it really did feel like we were supposed to be cheering Miranda on. But actually, I was more like, fucking hell. And, you know, this is coming from me where I will always, always side with a woman over a man. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, men. But on the, on this occasion, I was like, fucking hell. Because, you know, I've only been with Max, what, three years. But if I was to walk away from Max now, it would need a lot of... We built a life together, mm. you know. So, so if I was to walk away from Max, our life would fall apart. Do you know what? It's, it would, for both of us. It's interesting. So. Yeah, I can't imagine ever walking away either but it's interesting what you say about the woman over the man because i actually in my notes said that it's quite a nice uh gender flip this storyline because so many times the the conversation that you see miranda and steve having so many times you in tv shows the man has that conversation with the woman he's like i want more i'm not happy this life's boring and the woman's like oh but i love just being at home and stuff so it was kind of nice to see that flipped at Mm. least as bad as i did feel for steve I mean, yeah. Do you know what it is? So this is this is the point that I was going to make earlier, which is this series has given up a lot of time to the new characters, mm. and eight episodes in, I don't feel like I have much of a grip on LTW mm. or Naya. Um, 
or Anthony. Mm. The mistake, I think, was that they've not given over enough airtime to Steve and Harry. Yeah. And I think a lot of this would have been having a very different conversation if we hadn't been fannying around playing mixed doubles with LTW. Totally. And her husband. That's partly that's part of why that tennis scene from last week pissed me off so much because I was like we're so hungry for meaty storylines from these characters that we've loved for years and we're fucking playing tennis with this woman that we don't know and there's no point to the story and just like get rid of it (laughs) like um yeah I know what you mean and I wonder if that's that's why there is such a such a lot of chat around Steve Brady in particular on social media because his character has struggled um, in these quite embarrassing scenes, but whereas the new characters have had much more airtime and actually it feels like they belong in a slightly different TV show anyway because they don't feel particularly well anchored. Oh, it's funny how, how smoothly Seema has slotted in. Yeah, she's... And, and actually I think that that's part of the problem, which is they introduced us to four... Yeah new characters basically all at once because we've got to factor in Che as well so the the fact of the matter is Harry and Steve more than anybody else got squeezed out because we had the new characters to contend with and now that we're eight episodes in I I do slightly think that was a bit of a a bit of a misstep if I'm honest yeah I think too many um yeah Mm. and we've got the kids and now we've got Lisette as well and it's like I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure we'll see Lissette again. Do you think we'll see Lissette again? Maybe not, actually. Yeah, and to be fair, the original show always introduced, like, a couple of... The one Usually had, season. like, a couple of people, per, new people per episode, didn't mm. they, who popped up. Um, mm. Yeah, what else to say? I mean, Che um, is a bit more principled than we thought, to be fair. Yes. When they said... So, yeah, that was really interesting that Che wasn't aware yeah. that... Miranda and Steve weren't open. They just assumed. Which, do you know what? I just assume these days, with with gay with gay men who I meet at least, which is wrong of me to do, but I mostly just assume that they're in open relationships. Um <laughs> unless you're told otherwise. Unless <laughs> yeah. Don't ask, don't tell. Um no. <laughs> no. Um but yeah, I can understand that and that that dialogue rang. I thought that was a nice little bit of dialogue. When Chase says, new to being queer is one thing, married and lying is another. Um, mm-hmm. And then I really liked when Miranda said, I wasn't expecting you. I really liked that line. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the Pride event was weird. Yeah, what was that? I don't know, because it does, it, <laughs> it did remind me of Trans Pride when it, because the parade ends up in Soho Square. And there are speeches mm-hmm. like that. But there were like 50 times, and there just weren't enough people. There were like 20 people and one speech. And it's like, what event is this? <laughs> In the time of COVID, you should be lucky to get Oh, well, extras. yeah, maybe actually. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Although it was outside. It was outside yeah. filming. Um, yeah. Yeah, Che, che continues there. Humorless stand-up routine. Oh, God. <laughs> Where are the jokes, as RuPaul would say? Where are the jokes? What was it this time? Just, like, be yourself, be visible. Um, what else were those going on about? Something about being moist or something. Oh, yeah, or you're, being getting wet, me, you're all getting me moist or something. Cue massive cheer. <laughs> Where are the jokes? Where are the jokes? Where are the jokes? It's like Farrah Mer <laughs> reading Michelle Visage. Mm. Oh. Mm. Oh. <laughs> um, 
join us in our RuPaul's Drag Race podcast. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that that just leaves us with Harry's penis. Do you think that was real? Do we think <laughs> no, it was prosthetic or was it real? Real off it? Because it was like halfway down his leg. I don't think it was. You only real. saw it for a glimpse. And I think but... Evan Handler, I mean, I would have done the same. Evan Handler was like, I want the biggest fake prosthetic penis you've got. Um... And yeah, interesting. Although Charlotte has always spoken very highly, she she tells Anthony it's the best sex she ever had yes. in season six. Ugly sex is so the maybe best. Maybe just just have a massive cock. Maybe, maybe, and just yeah. and just wanted to to show it off, which is absolutely fine. Um, penis shots are very on trend at the moment. White, there was one in White mm. Lotus. There was a penis. Euphoria. Euphoria is there one in Euphoria as well? Oh, meant multiple, multiple. In Euphoria. Um, what, it's HBO. What are some other reasons? <laughs> Got to have six dicks. Yeah, dicks, yeah. What are some other... Because you used to just never, literally never saw it, did you, ever? And now mm. you do see it quite often. And I loved that, and just like that, we're like, we're not just going to have one, we're going to have two <laughs> in one mm. episode. Is this meant to be shocking? You know, the internet is right there. If you want to see a dick, you can see a dick night or day. That's true. Um, <laughs> so, so when, I must admit, when... Season two of Euphoria basically opens with a guy being shot in his erect dick. Ugh. I was kind of like, "Well, where, where do we go from here?" Meh. <laughs> Seen it all before. Um, yeah. So, um, like, I'm not. I'm. Not, I think. Are we meant? Are we meant to be shocked? And I did see somebody say, obviously, Lisette's boyfriend was very hot, mm-hmm. but uh, Harry's very hot as well. Mm-hmm. But Lisette's boyfriend was very traditionally yes. hot. And somebody did say, this is quite gratuitous. And it was a gay guy saying, I probably shouldn't be complaining because he's really hot, but this is quite gratuitous. And I was like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. I guess. I don't know. I feel like that's someone looking for something to be annoyed to about. To moan about. Yeah. My God, is this um, is this show turning me into like an alt-right commentator? <laughs> I seem to have like, I, feel, I seem to have a really low threshold for people like talking about it, which is ironic because... I talk about woke alert. Woke alert. Um, I really liked Kristen Davis in this episode. I thought she was fully engaged. And... I, I love. I love that Charlotte and Harry have a very active sex. Yeah, life. I did. I loved the conversation. Like you still blur Harry. Yeah, I thought that was that was. Was it his birthday? Oh my god! And then Carrie <laughs> saying suddenly I've gone off my crab leg. That was so Sex in the City. Like that was cancel my rice pudding. Like that was pure Sex in the City dialogue. I enjoyed it. I loved. I loved. Loved. Loved that scene. Yeah. I thought you had another one in you. Yeah. 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 Um, it felt like been friends forever. Love. 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 Yeah. Um. Wasn't. Wasn't mad about the Instagram versus Lily Goldenblatt storyline. Yeah. Um. Again, it was the C plot. Yeah, I was fine. It was fine. Um, I wouldn't. Yeah, I wondered if there might be. And, and then I, I must. I like the resolution that actually she's still a lot more innocent than Charlotte thinks she is when when she very sincerely asks, "Did you find cancer in his penis?" <laughs> yeah. And and Charlotte's like, "Oh, yeah." <laughs> I thought that was very was lovely, cute. which and really toys with that sort of that period in Lily's life where she's kind of like, in the words of Britney Spears, she's not a girl. Not yet a woman. <laughs> um, and I thought that was ra- rather lovely. Um, rock has been forgotten now. We, we don't discuss rock. Yeah, anymore. I feel but like... We've all moved on. I feel like that's probably it, isn't it? Which is a shame. Um, eh, maybe we'll come back. We've, what have we got? Two left. I think we've got two episodes yeah. left, haven't we? So Yeah. It's all, it's all to play for. But presumably, yeah, I think we... Presumably, Che and Miranda is not heading to where we think Che and Miranda is heading. 
Um, well, maybe it is because who knows what, what what are we meant to think at this stage? Or maybe um, maybe it will end in maybe there's a reason for all of this mean meanness towards Steve. Maybe it will end in Miranda going back to Steve yet again. Although that would be a bit ridiculous, wouldn't it? Although I kind of I kind of hope that I hope for both of them that that is not what happens. It's really difficult because I, I don't want to see Miranda being punished mm. for exploring her sexuality. But also, it feels a bit fucking easy if she just ends up with the first non-binary person she, she falls around with. Kind <laughs> <Yeah>. of, <laughs> literally the first one she meets. So it, that just feel, that feels. But then Che has Che has told Miranda that they are not into the kind of the fantasy, yeah. the, the sort of the monogamy fantasy kind of. So it'll be interesting to see. I wonder if that's where it's heading, which is Che is available to Miranda on their terms. And maybe Miranda is about to find that possibly there were some elements of her old life that she doesn't quite want to let go of. Um, but I guess we'll find out. We've got two episodes left. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, I also like that, just quickly before we go, I like the fact mm-hmm. that um, Miranda's, the issue of Miranda's sexuality hasn't really been discussed. And I like that. Like, that's that's life now in... The 21st century like it does it mm-hmm. you know like it doesn't need to be discussed unless you want to discuss it um maybe she still identifies as straight who knows maybe um i mean it's again without carrie's voiceover it's very hard yeah. to tell. <laughs> yes, uh, it's very hard to know <laughs> um although with the, some of that that picnic scene did some of the heavy lifting yeah. with, with charlotte throwing in the mix oh my god i totally see it with Charlie. yeah um i think you know, Che, and there are other, there are others people. God, who was it? Somebody saying it was. Oh, it was somebody. One of it was one of my friends, very very straight, father of two, was saying, "Of course, I would fuck Henry Cavill. <laughs> who among us wouldn't fuck Henry?" And yeah. I was like, "Yeah, we found it. We found the universal, and it's Henry Cavill in The Witcher." And I'm going to say, maybe, maybe that is the true universal sex appeal. Maybe Che Diaz has the same kind of horny power that Henry Cavill. In The Witcher has. Mm. Who else has got it? Mila Kunis springs to mind for some no, reason. No, I don't fancy Oh, okay, so she's not. No, all right. Faith the Vampire Slayer. Oh, yes. <laughs> Definitely. Khalees. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Khalees. Oh, my God, absolutely. <laughs> Do you not think? No, yeah. Khalees, yeah, universally. That would be like the best night ever. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Henry Cavill, Khalees, and Faith the Vampire Slayer. Amazing. And Jay Diaz. Jay Diaz. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, it's Che (laughs) Diaz. (laughs) Um, On that, thank you so much for joining us. Um, We'll be back next Tuesday for episode nine. Until then, um, treat yourself to a fat witch. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Bye for now. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. 
juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.